Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Nick Langdon, welcome back to The Mentor. Thank you, Mark. Lovely to be here. It's interesting. We spoke a few days before Conor McGregor fought Floyd Mayweather. So it was 2017. Yeah, I remember the fight. Obviously, as an elite MMA fighter, um, you know, his movement is different. His range is completely different to boxing. Yeah. But it was the fight to make at the time. I mean, two stars at the absolute peak of their powers. Everyone made a ton of money. Um, It's interesting. It kind of catapulted the next level of interest in the UFC. There's no doubt Connor was a lightning rod for new fans and fan growth and and also participants. Correct. Well, I'm back talking to you now and think what's happened in Deva, the owner of the UFC, have acquired the WWE and then now they're sticking the UFC and the WWE together in a new listed entity and that's a, an entertainment powerhouse. But what's fascinating to me is the movement more and more of MMA to the mainstream and from from my perspective and what we do at Alta seeing that, you know, translate to participation um, at great combat sports academies and martial arts gyms around the world, that's really exciting. So you're the CEO and co-founder alongside a number of other people for yep. a business which was called, when we did our last podcast five years ago, Women to Warrior. Yes. And the whole concept, as I remember at the time, was that the objective was to take people who, let's not call them wimps, but, you know, people who might have considered themselves not robust enough to uh, get in the cage mm. and, and fight, um, to take them over a journey, over a fair amount of time, a, a yep. reasonably long period of time. It's it's not like these guys have get ready for corporate boxing fights and they train for five weeks or something. No. It's a, it's a much more disciplined yes. training program. And then at the end of the period they get matched up and if they want, they don't have to, but if they want, they can jump in and uh, fight their match. Correct. And uh, – that's how Wimp to Warrior started. And you know, you're getting sort of dentists and, you know, older blokes and blokes are just broadly interested in MMA or yep. might be interested in the fight game just generally or martial arts or might have figured they were a good taekwondo guy when they were 20 and they've never did anything with yep. it and they just want to see, you know, what they could put together. And, yep. and, and you and you ran a very well put together uh, schedule as well as uh, syllabus. Yeah. Fast forward. You are now called Train Alta, yep. which is A-L-T-A, which, by the way, 
we helped you launch the new name when uh, John Kavanagh came out because John Kavanagh was one of the founders along with you. Correct, yeah. And um, and you got some really famous names in there, you know, like in terms of Australian investors mm-hmm. uh, sitting there on your shareholder list. Yep. And uh, you've raised money successfully. You've now rolled this out across the country and other places around the mm. world. But I just want to go back to when it was called Wimpton Warrior. Yeah. And so we got Nick Langdon coming out of investment banking, successful career, always interested in the martial arts himself yep. at, at a personal level. Got wife and kids. Yeah. yeah. Cost you your dough. And you had a good job. Mm. You turn it all up to uh, take on this entrepreneurial journey. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about that. Wow. Um you know, I, I never expected that I would be an entrepreneur. Man, I really wonder why the fuck would you do it? Like, well, I mean, you, you know, you know how hard it is now. I do, and I've always known how hard it is because it's all I've ever done. Yeah, I thought, I was like, why the fuck is this guy doing this? So he's got a nice family, probably had a mortgage at the time, maybe he might have paid it off. I don't know. You turn it all in to take on this pretty mad thing. Like it's yeah, it's not normal. It's really it's a tech business. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. Oh, I was kind of really happy in corporate life. Um, I was really fortunate. Um, one of my investors, Jeff Lloyd, who was my boss when he was CEO of Perpetual and I was running private wealth there, um, I got sent to um, to business school in Boston in 2013. Uh, got sent over there for a couple of months. That's Harvard? Yep. Yep. Um, live on uh, on campus for a couple of months. Um, my wife and three boys lived in Back Bay in Boston because they were in – the twins were just started school. So – um, that was kind of the first step where you got to unplug from corporate life for a couple of months and be around a bunch of, you know, other execs who, um, I was one of the younger ones there. I was 39 at the time and there was a bunch of people there in their sort of, you know, late forties through to mid fifties, et cetera. And so I was asking them a lot of questions about their career, life, progression. And I was interested, a bunch of them were sort of saying, like, you're still young, mate, if you want to do something different. You don't have to stay, uh, you know, a small cog in a big wheel. Um, but then another moment happened. Um, ten, so we're coming up to the 10-year anniversary of it, but Tanya and my three boys uh, were on the finish line uh, the day of the marathon bombings. and In Boston. In Boston. Yep. And the last message I got from her was this beautiful photo of the boys and you could see the 26-mile marker in the background and – um, she said, you know, we're having an incredible day at the marathon. Whilst you're studying. Yeah, I'm studying. I'm I'm on campus in yep. business school, sort of, you know, what is it, five Ks up the road or whatever, up the river. And then all of a sudden kind of class finished about 40 minutes later and, um, yeah, one of my classmates said there's a there's been a terrorist attack at the, the Boston Marathon um, to, you know, multiple bombs have been detonated and, all I know is that's where my family is. And so I tried to ring. Obviously, they shut all the the phones were all down because of that's how some so of the explosives were being detonated. And long story short, 30 minutes later, I got a message from Tanya that they were safe. That actually left about 15 minutes before the explosions. They thought when they heard it, because they were only a couple of streets away, they thought it was like ceremonial cannons. It was so loud. They were like, oh, maybe they're you know, but I didn't know. So I had 30 minutes where I thought, like, my my life's just ended, like, in the most random way. And I think that was a catalyst moment for me to think about, you know, what I wanted to do with my life. I had another couple of months 
there at business school, I came back, you know, resumed work, but I, I wanted to start investing in some passion plays and, and um, that kind of started scratching the itch about doing something else and, and sort of fast forward to 2016, late 2016, um, and, you know, I'd put some money into to Wimp to Warrior. I'd co-founded it, not because it was a business then, but it was a great program. And it was, I thought it was really unique and clever how it helped um, the martial arts sector monetize by attracting people who you would never expect to walk into. In terms of consumers. Correct. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I thought that's really neat and clever and it's a great program. Um, and then, you know, somebody um, does the program, um, an Irish guy does it, heads back to Ireland serendipitously, it comes across John Kavanagh's desk and the next thing you know he's ringing up saying, can I run that program here at SBG Ireland? And, you know, this is 2015, 2016, he's the biggest MMA coach in the world um, with Connor and all that. And I think that was probably the the catalyst moment when um, I decided there's an opportunity to, to do this. Um, but you would know better than anyone, Mark, the thing about building a business and being an entrepreneur, if somebody told me then <laughs> how hard it's going to be, zero chance I'd do it. Yeah. I'm not that brave. Yeah. But it it's the old metaphor about the you put the frog in cold water and you turn it up one degree at the time and the frog never jumps out, Yeah, you know, and that's kind of what happens. And so, um, you know, fortunately – have been able to scale the business, bought on some wonderful investors, got a great board, um, got wonderful partners globally, uh, big gym footprint, and and now a lot of responsibility. I think that's the other thing. I feel enormously responsible to investors for their capital. I feel enormously responsible to the staff we hire, to the gym partners we we work with. So um, it, it's a it's a hell of a journey, uh, but it, it's not for the faint hearted. Those journeys, and I've got to, I've got to declare for good governance. I'm one of the investors, by the way. So, um, so, and uh, and I, I, I've enjoyed being an investor, and I really do believe in the, the whole program and and the whole thesis. Mm. So, let's just go back a step, though. Yeah. Uh, just give us a thumbnail sketch mm. of what your thesis is. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So, primarily, the thesis is that. Mixed martial arts is the fastest growing and most excite, exciting sports vertical in the world. And we talked about that transaction, UFC's going from strength to strength. You know, Bellator's owned by Viacom, won championship in, in Asia with huge backing from Sequoia and others. So they're the, they're the three platforms. They're three big ones. There's another one called the PFL, big venture backing um, in the States. They've got an ESPN broadcast deal. So there's four primary um, leagues that you know really, really heavily backed. For clarification, mm. though, Nick, that's like the equivalent of the WBC, the WBF, the, or the WIBF. Yeah, in in boxing. So correct. You've got those three or four. But there's three particularly important ones. Yes. Um, which are very active, yes. well supported, yeah. and of course, you know, all the social media support them heavily now. Mm. All support MMA. Yes. But they call themselves different names. Correct. Some are bigger and more successful than others, but nonetheless, they all support MMA events. Yes. Competitions. Yeah. yeah. Somebody said a like an interesting, they're, they're, they're different leagues, so it could be like comparing Serie A with Premier League if you're comparing yep. one with the other, yep. um, operating in the same 
sports vertical. So, so MMA or mixed martial arts as a sports vertical has just grown like at an eye-watering rate in so the you, last decade. So part of your thesis is that you're in a rising tide of consumerism of a particular product being MMA. Yep. Why do people want to consume MMA? Why? Yeah, yeah, I thought, well, we could answer that. I think, you know, you and I were over in Perth recently for, for the UFC. Um, obviously, big hometown crowd, Volkanovski's fighting, two best fighters in the world are fighting. The, the whole card was stacked. Um, you see the production standards, you see the way, the way MMA, I, I read something a while back, um, it's watching MMA as a sport. It's very modular viewing, like average bout durations, like seven or eight minutes. Bouts are punctuated with breaks, music, whatever. So from a consumption standpoint, if we agree that people's attention spans are less these days and, and the digital age has driven that, it is the perfect sport for the digital age, right? Really high action, high energy, big personalities, indoor, so obviously not dealing with any weather challenges um, and, and you know, the, the ability to engage a crowd in storylines around athletes. So what you've really seen in, in, you know, recent years, particularly the last five, is just this, this sort of – and I know this because the kind of people who come over on a Sunday Arvo, which is when UFC pay-per-views or Bellator or big events are on in Australia time zone – um, the amount of people who come over and watch these with me now, who five, six years ago, like, I can't believe you watched that. So it's it's fascinating how through the storytelling, elevating the athletes, I think MMA is also one of those sports, Mark, where um, female athletes are really on a level pegging. Oh, my God, that's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, it's not like boxing. It's like... Yep. They are as good to watch or as, they are. in some occasions better to watch yep. than the blokes. They are. They are. And, and Ronda Rousey was the, the female superstar who kind of really was the catalyst for that and created that kind of parody. But now women headline UFC events and that's not tokenism. They're headlining it because yeah. it's the best fight on the card. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, when we're in Perth, you're seeing the amount of women in the audience, the amount of young people there, but, you know, traverses a, you know, a pretty broad age bracket. So the sport has grown enormously. And from our perspective at Alta, what's really fascinating and incredibly exciting is that um, there is huge interest globally in curiosity and, you know, training. And when they see these athletes competing, obviously they'd love to emulate their physiques, but probably more importantly, interesting, oh, I've always wanted to take up boxing or I've always wanted to try jiu-jitsu or, you know, you name it. And so there's this huge amount of interest and curiosity which, um, yeah, which is catching up to the fan base and, and the sort of the viewership. And there's actually enough great coaches and gyms globally in independently owned martial arts academies, boxing gyms, you name it, to train these people. But these gyms are small owner-operated entities and what we're doing through our platform at trainalta.com. Your platform being your tech. Our yeah. tech, yeah, yeah, is to give them an opportunity to aggregate the sector and talk to the consumer with a really clear, well-resolved voice about if you want great coaching, great training and anything to do with martial arts, MMA, combat sports, 
come to trainalta.com and we're going to match you with the right gym and coach. You could come and do some of our programs or you could just come and get a pass so you can go and train in these academies. So what we know is through this, and our, my CTO tells me all the time, he's always looking at the, the monthly search volume in, in all our territories. Um, there is huge interest in learning and training um, and the inventory of coaches and gyms already exists. So that's your second plank though, isn't it? So your first plank being the rising tide of consumerism of consuming MMA, both watching it and also to participate in yeah, it. Yeah, that's the big tailwind. So, but then, but on top of that, you've got a demand of stacks and stacks of gyms who already teach this stuff, mm. but who don't have enough money to market or they don't know how to market because they're ex-fighters or whatever the case may be or instructors. Yeah. Um, they don't have that capacity to keep mm. the flow going through their gym. Yeah. Well, it's it's a scale game, right? Yeah. Like, of course, there's a bunch of them who run really great thriving businesses in their suburbs and communities, but um, there is a huge amount of them, you know, who I can't think of many gyms I've ever spoken to in the last six years who have said, I don't want more customers. Yeah. Of course they're, they're, they do. Because they're paying a fixed amount of rent. Correct. They've got, to, they've got to keep people coming through. They've got to reach their capacity. Yeah. There's a capacity level which they've got to reach. Yeah. They're usually teaching, so they don't have time to do all the marketing themselves anyway. And it's also what do they enjoy doing? Because you know, you've you've trained, you know, Larry's trained you for years and and these guys are practitioners, right? They, they, they love teaching. Yeah. It's a calling. Yeah. They're not just running... Uh, you know, a corner store, small business, right? Their passion is either on the mats, you know, coaching someone in front of the bag, training someone when they're hitting mitts, whatever the, that's what they love doing. That's when they come to life. And so from our perspective and what we know, we know that martial arts and combat sports training is globally the sleeping giant of the fitness world Um, because the coaches and the gym inventory exists we know the consumer demand exists, but matching it together is the critical part. And you have to do that through a technology solution. In independent small gyms trying to compete with major global fitness brands and other players, we, we all know that doesn't work. So what we're there to do is say we're not selling people a franchise, a new brand or anything. We're saying if you have a great martial arts gym, if you've got a great combat sports academy and you want more customers we want to help deliver those to you. So how do you do it? Yeah, we say, well, there's a couple of conversations. One, we've got our programming, which we which started with Wimp to Warrior, right? The 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 Warrior Training Program, which is you know a hundred lessons, five months, uh, pay a fee, train, you know. But it's a um, syllabus. It's a yeah yeah very. You do this it, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, correct. Friday for the hundred yeah. days. Yeah, it started as a kind of a framework and a whole series of things. We've now got it down. Uh, Richie Walsh. Um, who fought in the UFC and, and, and coached the UFC PI, he's now broken it down into 100 discrete lessons. So when yep. you do the training program, you do those 100 discrete lessons. So it makes it easy. Yeah, it makes it really easy. So we talk to gyms about do they want to run um, our program? And we also talk to gyms about, well, you know, where could we help you uh, bring customers? And, and gyms tell you different things all the time. Somebody could say, look, I'm really keen to get more kids into or more kids into my, um, you know, jiu-jitsu program, like my kids' jiu-jitsu. They could be looking to get more people into their, you know, their their cardio kickboxing, whatever the case may be. They'll have views on on their timetable and what they're focused on. And, you know, that's where we're, you know, obviously eager, you know, to send our members. So, you know, we've amassed a, 
a database of more than 100,000, you know, customers over, you know, a number of years and have a lot of dialogue with those. And, and from our perspective, it's matching the customer with the right gym experience because this is the big thing, Mark. It's all well and good for you. You can walk into Boxing Works and stroll up to Larry and but, – but you know they're incredibly warm, caring environments once you're in there, but they look intimidating. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah, the, yeah especially for women in particular or younger people. They, they don't know the deal. Well, people just who've, who've always loved a sport or interested in a sport but they feel, you know, I'm not, like a, not in good enough shape or they, they go to walk in the door and they see some, you know, scary, scary looking dudes <laughs> or whatever the case may be. But the great paradox, the great paradox of martial arts and combat sports is they are, those gyms are some of the most supportive, caring environments. And safe. And safe. Yeah, they totally Incredibly. are. Incredibly. Yeah, but, but they are intimidating initially. Yes. I can see, you know, I see it when people walk in, they walk in sheepishly, new people come into, say, Larry's gym and they're coming in, they can see blokes doing Muay Thai and someone else wrestling on the mat and someone else boxing in the ring. And you can see him looking around. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel for him. Yeah. But your game is to match the parties, best match the parties. Yeah. And also provide, you know, we've got our um, virtual academy launching in the coming months and our first module will be Daniel Cormier, who's, you know, two-division UFC champ, ESPN commentator sitting next to Joe Rogan. Daniel's building the first phase of his virtual academy, which will will add multiple modules in the months and years ahead. But a really critical thing is that we want to get people into gyms, right? We want to, we know that's where the best experience is. We also know the, the way to make the on-ramp as warm as possible is to also provide a bunch of content that people can consume that demystifies it. Because I'd say sometimes the barriers to entry um, are- For the consumer. Yeah, the barriers to entry for the consumer, particularly going into technical sports, are a little bit higher. So, for example, you know, you're you're a boxer. So if I can, you know, if I go one through six, you know exactly what punch, depending on the number I'm saying, right? Mm. The point is that that um, and and if you start a jujitsu class and and a jujitsu warm up involves a whole bunch of movements that if you've never done jujitsu before you've never done those movements or you haven't bridge done roll, a full roll, roll you've done the, the or a hip escape or yeah, something yeah. like that and so that's what helps build sort of reluctance um, from a consumer because they're like I don't want to look stupid you know and so what we're so eager to do is say if you can push past that what you're going to get training in these environments is is incredibly gratifying and rewarding. And most importantly, Mark, it's any fitness regime or, or thing you do that's anchored in sport, that's anchored in a lifelong learning syllabus, you stick at it, okay? Fitness is beset by fads and trends, but how long has combat sports been around for? You know, how long has martial arts yeah. been around for? Boxing, wrestling, pancreation, right? So from our perspective, that's why we know if we talk in a real business sense, the lifetime value of customer inside a combat sports gym, martial arts gym is some of the most attractive metrics you'll ever see once you embed that customer. And we're talking about retention, that, that, yeah. old, game, that, that old game of um, recruiting and retaining, recruiting and retaining customers I'm talking about here. There's mm. a lot of stuff I guess too, but recruiting and retaining customers, the best customer is not the one you've got to go and get. 
is the best one was one you already got. Yeah. And that that and we see that in every environment, including banking, my my environment. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm back here with Nick Langton. Nick's a co-founder and the CEO of Train Alta, which used to be called Winter Warrior. Out of interest, why did you change the name from Winter Warrior to Train Alta? Yeah, a number of reasons. Um, Winter Warrior was a kind of a good catchy name for a program uh, back in the day and, and when it was originally, a, there was going to be a journey around non-scripted TV and there was a, a series filmed and broadcast on Fox Sports. Um but that's not a platform brand. I, I often go back to the, I think the story with Nike, I'm sure I'm accurate here, but um, Nike was originally called Blue Ribbon Sports. And I think, you know, they obviously changed the name to to, to Nike and maybe at the time people think that's weird, you know. But, you, you know, one was highly descriptive, whereas one ultimately becomes iconic. And so from our perspective, you know, we want we worked with a, an amazing amazing creative agency who are investors of ours um, called Special Group. Uh, they're the gurus behind those star-studded Uber Eats campaigns that have been going on for years and whatever. And they did a ton of research with our our customers, um, our coaches, our gym owners um, when we were talking about um, a rebrand, um, which had been you know in my mind something that that we wanted to do for a period of time. And they really teased out. The, the the most important attributes um, of the company, what how it made people feel when they trained with us, when they did our programs. Um, and so Alta means most high in Latin, um, you know, achieving, you know, your, your sort of personal heights and derivative of that. And when they presented it to us and the word mark and the logo and all that, it was just, um, yeah, it was just a home run, which is which is why we made the change. And, and look, to be honest, um, we also had an instance in um, in Ireland. We were, we were a big a big global software company in Ireland was going to put a whole bunch of people through um, our program with John Kavanagh, um, and it got to the final sign off stage. And the head of HR said, um, "Well, no, we, we I'm not going to have anybody in my organisation called a wimp, so I'm not authorising it." So you know, sort of a private cancellation. Yeah. So we so I mean we always knew that there was that. We wanted to, I always knew I wanted to transition the brand to something that I think spoke 
more broadly and was going to be a more attractive sort of platform brand. And also the company started with its roots just in MMA, but Alter embraces all combat sport training, um, you know, boxing, jiu-jitsu, judo, you name it. We don't really care what people do. We're just saying the best, you know, fitness experience, learning environment is is in a combat sports gym and martial arts academy. So we'll just help match you with what you enjoy doing best. Yeah, because you're a marketplace. So you, whatever the consumer wants, you're going to find it, whether it is jiu-jitsu or MMA competition or the old Winter Warrior program, compete or it's boxing or kickboxing yep. or muto or whatever because they might they they got no way of finding these places and uh, they, they, and they don't know who's got spare capacity they don't know the prices yeah so you're going to do all that work for, for yeah and, and it's it's really about creating this homogenous on-ramp sort of globally so that if a consumer wants to look at this incredible sector and we want to highlight our coaches we're you know um gyms have got profile pages we're about to launch coach profiles um, we want to highlight the sector. There is so many incredible coaches and great gyms in most suburbs around this country and and globally. Like in the United States alone, there's there's forty thousand martial arts academies in the United States. Right, the sector is enormous. What we're trying to assist the consumer who's got a lot of interest in learning but doesn't know how. How can we create this this platform and this on ramp? To connect those people with those training experiences in in their local martial arts academy. That's exa- what we're passionate and about. And a good example of that is um, freestyle MMA, which is where Alex Volkanovski trains. Yep. They they're, they're part of your program. Yes. So down there in Windang with the back of Wollongong. Yeah. Um, and with Joe. Yeah, with Joe. Yeah. And that's Joe's gym, yeah. freestyle MMA, and it's a, it's a pretty famous gym. It's got some pretty it's pushed out some pretty famous fighters. Yeah. Australian fighters at least. Um, so, yeah, and that's a good example. Um, how do I, I – I live in Windang. I wouldn't mind learning MMA. They go to your website. They will find that w- this, Freestyle this MMA is the deal. Freestyle MMA will be there. This yeah. is the deal. Yeah. And, you, and all of a sudden you probably see a photograph of Alex Volkanovsky standing there with Joe Lozo. <laughs> and if you don't, <laughs> yeah. Joe's mad. You should have a photograph of yeah. him standing there with uh, Volk. Your tech stack now. Yeah. So – was it confronting when all of a sudden you realise you got the tiger by the tail? You got the consumers on one end, mm. you got the gyms on the other end, so you can build this marketplace. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you've got to put this big tech stack together. Yeah. Look, fortunately, um, so our CTO now, a guy called James Fleet, um, um, he's been building platforms in e-commerce for a long time. He, he built all the tech for, for example, um, Appliances Online, which is the winnings family when they, sitting you know. Right, John was sitting right there three weeks ago. There you go. So, so Fleety is um, our CTO has has been building, as as he would say, I've been selling shit on the internet for twenty five years, um, and 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 so um, he's an investor in the business. He helped me in the early days when we just built a payments gateway and we were facilitating payments because, from my perspective, what I was always fascinated was in growing this. Our proposition to the gyms is at a base level. We'll bring your customers. Our proposition to the customer is we'll guarantee you um, an experience and we'll control the payments. We'll keep our split. We'll pay the gyms. The gyms won't have to worry about admin, finding customers, any of that stuff. Go straight to the bank account. Correct. So so, um, so our CTO helped me build the original sort of payments gateway and 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 he could see the business sort of scaling over over time. And, and we kept talking and I always said, you know, when I, I raise enough money that I can invest in a, a tech team. Um, we do that. And so at the very end of 2020, 
um, um, raised a raised a round that was a, a decent size, certainly enough for us to to bring tech in house. And then that was a chance to say, okay, we've we've had this payments gateway and a website, but what we actually need is is a platform that can scale globally. Um, and that was at the same time we wound the brand stuff into that because if you're going to do all this, you you might as well rip the Band-Aid off and do it all at once. So I think the benefit of a corporate career, Mark, is that um, you – I certainly was very good at knowing what I didn't know and putting good people around me, um, whether it's on my board or in my executive, and, and having someone like James who – put his own hard capital into the business, believed in us, consulted on the tech for years, you know, really helped us out and then said, mate, it's, I'm ready to come. Let's, let's do this. And so, and so that's, and that, and I couldn't have, I would hate to think how you would make that kind of tech investment without a really trusted partner coming on. Like if I was just going to try and recruit a CTO that I'd never met before, I would personally feel Nervous about that? I'm, I'm kind of thankful. You don't know what you don't know. You don't? Well, yeah. And, I mean, that's like. And they've got no skin in the game. Well, uh, yeah, if you're just hiring somebody, they don't. And they can, they can be a great person. They can ask for ESOP and and some some shares and options and whatever. But it's different when someone puts hard capital in and says, I believe in this. I've got to make it work now. And then what's awesome to see as a founder is employees who behave like founders who behave like equity owners. So that's the stuff that I find the most inspiring, um, and and I'm lucky to have people in my team who who do behave that way. A technology solution, yep. to execute a marketplace that brings consumers along to the marketplace in a sort of seamless way to deal with gym owners. So um, obviously, John, um, co-founder, John Cabernet, um, yep. Yeah. Um, we've had some um, great support from Paradigm Sports, um, which is um, Connor owns part of Paradigm and, and um, that's his uh, management group. Um, we've got um, Laura Sanko, who's the first female colour commentator for the UFC. Laura has been an ambassador of ours for a couple of years. Um, you know, what, just a, a perfect person for us to bring, again, a much broader cohort because um, because women are really taking up training in in, in jujitsu, kickboxing, boxing, you name it. Um, you know we've as we, we mentioned before Daniel, and then we got some just sort of famous for the for the MMA fans who are listening to it. Um, Rafael Cordero, uh, King's MMA in, um, in 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 Los Angeles, who holds the mitts for Tyson these days. He's um, he's a partner with us. Um, Extreme Couture, one of the most famous gyms in in Las Vegas. That's um, Randy Couture. Yep, correct. And then, you know, we've run our programs extensively at TriStar in Montreal. That was the home of the famous George St. Pierre and for us, Sahabi, the head coach there. So we've, we've, we've been very fortunate to have sort of, you know, deep sector credibility. These famous coaches run our programs in their gyms, you know, hosting live events. Um, I think the thing that blows my mind, I mean, even last year we had a, we had a finale, um, an Alta finale in the Bay Area. And in one of the fights, we've got Daniel Cormier cornering one of his fighters, which is just a regular Joe who's done the 20 weeks. And in the other corner, Gilbert Melendez, who's a, you know, multiple time MMA world champion, he's cornering the other regular dude. And tell me a sport, and, and you talk about Volk, back in 2019, before he fought and won his world title, 
Um, we run a, you know, one of our biggest programs, we run out of city kickboxing with Eugene Behrman. Eugene's yeah. like probably he, one of the most famous trainers in the world. He is. And he runs, he runs one of our biggest Alta programs. And I mean, Eugene's a guy who talks about, um, and he says it in this such Zen way. He's got that way of talking, but he talks about, um, how every person should understand what it's like to compete in sanctioned combat sport once in their life. I agree. Because you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah, I agree. It's not about winning, by the way. It's learning about yourself. You know, you, the second you step into that ring or cage, you have one. Mm. It, it's it's that simple. Yeah. So from our perspective, we look at, um, you know, Volk, I remember it was saying before in 2019, um, before he flew out, we had a big finale on in New Zealand and he ended up doing the the Dana White thing where he, he did the weigh-ins. For for our for our for our Alta program, um, you know, and this is where you go. How um, how egalitarian is this sport? How approachable is this sport? Yeah. If you talk to, you know, Rob Whitaker, he's a big star. Volk's a huge star. You know, you, you talk to these guys. You talk to John. You talk to these other great coaches. They're just great humans. Um, they're great down to earth people, um, and they don't. They're not just focused on the elite of the sport. Ask any of them. They'll do anything they can. We were really lucky because they were so happy to, what could I do to help more people come into gyms? Because it's given me my life and whatever. That's the way they sort of yeah, talk. they like to so pay back. They really yeah, do. Yeah, and we've and been fortunate. You're attracting sort of, and, and attractiveness is quite an important element when it comes mm. to being an entrepreneur. You've got to be an attractive business and you know you're attractive if you attract certain types of people as well as, the, the large numbers, you've got to attract a certain type of people who then in turn attract more people. Yeah. So you, you've got these people coming to you and yeah. and you you put it quite eloquently, they like to give back. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're not um, greedy buggers who are trying to just, they're in there for their own deal. No. They're out there trying to pay forward what they've what they've experienced. And Definitely. They, and they, a lot of them might have been street kids or, you know, had shit lives and, uh but, you know, martial arts gave them something, some mm. purpose, and as a result of that, they want to actually make sure that's available to everybody else yeah. and, and try and quit along the way too. But if, if a lot of them would do it for, for free anyway. Yeah. So you've got – and you've got the tech stack, which is you've got your CTO guy. You know, that, that's a good thing. Um, it, it's, a, it's a massive rising tide. Yeah. It's a good business. What's yeah. been your biggest challenge? I mean, scaling, scaling, um, getting your capital program right, knowing when to make an investment, you know, obviously investments in tech, are um, they're not cheap, right? Yeah. So you, we're fortunate we've, um, we qualified for the last couple of years through Oz Industries. We get a chunk of the money we already spend, we get it back. Um, so there's some good programs. You've got to really familiarize yourself with what can you tap into on a on a rebate or a subsidisation basis through, you know, the, the federal government, state governments, whatever, um, to make those investments? So, um, I think that that's the moment. If you're going to make a big hire or you're going to, you know, um, make a big commitment like we are now with the launch of the virtual academy, I think it's it's one of those things. They say, and I've heard you say it, Mark. If you if you're standing still, you're going backwards mm. in business. But as a as a founder and the person who feels responsible for the the growth and the entire capital program of the business, which I've kind of done single-handedly, um, well, actually a lot of help more recently from from my board and um, and Chairman Vaughan Taylor, who Vaughan initially introduced us. Yep. But um, it, it's, it's just knowing when you have to take that risk and you know by making that investment you're going to shorten your runway, 
but it's going to bring forward some growth and you just have to, you have to white knuckle it through, right? Just buy the bullet and do it. Yeah. Because if, if you don't do it, it's a problem too. Well, correct, right? Because you might be looking at longer runway, but but what? You're talking right? about cash, cash flow, Ca- capital yeah. runway. Yes. Available money. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that's a... A pretty tough decision. Um, mm. Does it keep you awake? Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> too much. Yeah. But uh, I am really lucky. Like even, you know, when we were we had dinner in Perth with the other investors and I find talking to, you know, people like you, um, you know, my, my, my board, um, you know, Hugh and Vaughan have been incredible confidants, great businessmen in their own right. And and so what do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a really good investor group. You've got to keep talking. Yeah. Don't, don't just borrow down and sort of isolate yourself. Mm. And I think that's a good point about a, a problem shared is a problem halved because mm. if you want to do the maths on it, if you tell 10 people, then it's down by much more yeah. than half. yeah. And it's just about sort of just putting a little bit on someone else's shoulders, just yeah. a little bit, just moving a little bit away from yourself. Yeah. Because we, some of us tend to sort of hang on to it all yeah. and try and control it and you yeah. can't. You can't control it. The problem is the fucking problem. It's, 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 you know the dilemma, right, of you, 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 you want to share a certain amount but then you don't want to burden your investors or yeah. you don't want to burden your staff and so you, you, you do hold on to a bit more of it you know, yourself and and that's your job. Like that's my job as the founder. I signed up for that. So but you didn't sign up to get brain damage. No. Um and but you, you and and I don't think as an investor, and I know the other investors wouldn't think this other none of us want you to wear the burden because I tell you why. We don't want we want you to be a good CEO. Yeah. And we don't want you to sort of fall apart. Yeah. That that's a big issue. Yeah. But I think the turbocharging part of this, Nick, yeah, is that jujitsu, martial arts, MMA the whole suite of those fighting techniques mm. is this massive rising tide in the world. There is. It's just yeah. massive and the UFC's done this for you and and I never used to watch UFC before. Now I watch it, I understand it, I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, it's I watch it every time, you know, Fox puts it up on, on the weekend, I, I watch it. It's just like yeah. it's sacred time for me. Yeah. Chill out time. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. And I can sort of. Watch what they're doing. I start to understand what position they got into, yeah. and how they how they're going to get out of it, or what they're going to do. And I, I've started to get a much greater, deeper appreciation. So I think you're definitely onto something here, mate. And uh, and I have to say, just on my own behalf, I'm very happy with the job you're doing as CEO. Thank you, Mark. Um, I appreciate you know, it. But it's a big deal because yep. <clears throat> often I invest in things that they don't work out, but this one's working out. I really appreciate your commitment to what you do. Thank you, mate. You're doing a great job. I appreciate it. That's very kind. And uh, and anybody's out there, if you want to go find out how to do this, go to trainelder.com and I'm sure you'll be quite pleased and you'll get a good outcome from it. Yeah, I would, you know, I would say if anybody has any interest, anyone listening to this has any interest in getting started in a martial arts or combat sports journey, them, their kids, whatever, just go to trainelder.com. We're going to help you find the right coach and gym because they're already out there, um, and and that's what we want. We want to fill those community small business owners. We want to fill their gyms with customers um, that suit them. That suit them, and that that is our mission, and that's what we're that's what we're so passionate about. Nick Langton, thanks very much. Thank you, Mark. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of The Mentor with Mark Boris. Audio and production is by Jessica Smalley. Production assistance, Simon McDermott. This is a mentored podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.